the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. CNN, ironically enough, has Andrew McCabe on to discuss the the possible Trump predicts an indictment coming down any minute. It's not official, but it is the scuttlebutt in Washington, D.C., that Donald Trump will be indicted again for the great train robbery or Tupac's assassination. We don't know, but it'll be another phony, but absolute evidence of exactly what our government has become. And that is really the crux of the anxiety we are all feeling since Joe Biden has usurped the most powerful office in the world. What exactly is the American identity now? Because the way you judge a country is by its so-called representation and what you have in our representation is true mafia stuff. I mean, this is true criminality and a traitor to obviously what's best of the nation, but more importantly, a traitor to what the country stands for. Because the real problem is since September 11, what exactly does our country stand for? And it's a bipartisan problem. And that's why the status quo, it's referred to by Donald Trump as the swamp. But what it really is, is the bureaucracy of 22 million people that work for the government. Now, obviously not everybody is a Democrat, but it's a very small percentage because we have more than enough evidence to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt. Not only is Joe Biden corrupt, but he was just a cog in a corrupt system. And that's the part, the overarching part of our nation, of what it means to be an American. And it's funny as you watch the Democrats scramble to try to get people to believe in them. It's getting harder and harder for them to do so. Just consider, in states across our nation, extremists attack the freedom to vote. They pass laws to ban drop boxes, to limit early voting, to make it illegal to offer food and water. What she's complaining against would have been thought outrageous just five years ago, just 10 years ago, just 20 years ago. What she's talking about is the way in which the governor has implemented more than enough opportunity for elections to be stolen. And that's what got them in. That's what keeps them in power. That's how the Democrat sewers are known. After all, we live in one. Chicago has been a laughing stock of voter theft for a hundred years, simultaneously a hundred years of Democrat rule. So what exactly does the country stand for? And this is how you get to societies that break apart. That's really what's happening right now. Because the idea that we have anybody arguing against the absolute evidence that Joe Biden is a traitor is astonishing to me. And what you see is an attempt by every Democrat to normalize theft and crime and bribery. But have they pointed to anything to suggest that Joe Biden engaged in corrupt behavior? No. And on the 
this is some idiot that you'd never hear of. He's a Congress non-birthing person by the name of Himes. What do you mean? We, we've got evidence and evidence and papers and bribery schemes and bank statements and the absolute fact of how did this idiot acquire $30 million in real estate? All of it. But that's not the outrage. The outrage is, is that you would question the most corrupt politician this country's ever had, let alone the fact he's a president. He's always been the most corrupt president we've ever had, and he has admitted it on stage. And this was my biggest argument during the election year. How could anybody consider voting for a politician who says, I am taking an American policy of whatever it is, and I am going to hold it back until I, me, the individual, get what I want. The most damning evidence we've known about for five fracking years. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. That is an admission of political corruption. So when I asked you in the beginning, what's the national identity? That's it. And you as a Chicagoan, you've known it all of your life. A word like clout is normal to you. It's normal to partake in political corruption. And in all municipalities, especially in Democrat-run hellhole sewers, that's how you know it operates. So when you open a business, it's normal. To give a contribution to the mayor in charge. It's normal to expect to be shaken down. That's the national identity. Now, how does it happen and how do you get it back? That's the question. I think you can only do it with somebody who was never a politician and is repulsed by the idea of political corruption. Now, everybody's going to say Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And I would have liked that, but there was a tip off to Donald Trump. Donald Trump knew what he was getting at. He's the one who was bribing these very Democrats. So is it still Donald Trump? And then you have the other problem. You've now normalized election theft. And what you have the vice president now going to Democrat stronghold sewers, even in good states like Florida. And she is going to lobby and advocate and once again normalize why we are strapped with this dimwit in diapers, this dementia patient, this notable, obvious crook for five decades. And that is because election theft. So if you fix this, the re- if you don't fix this, the rest of it is moot. Because now they have a power structure of 22 million strong. And it's called government workers. And they're littered. So when you see an FBI agent riddled in scandal on a news organization talking about wrongfully indicting someone running for office, you realize... It's a third world fracking country now. And it's no different than all of these immigrants are coming from. It's just we're not as far gone yet 
but we are on the same trajectory. And the idea that Kamala Harris is the vice president, and nobody can tell me why, except Willie Wilson, she was, she was what, at less than 2% among Just Democrats? Just consider, in states across our nation, extremists attack the freedom to vote. They pass laws. No one attacks the freedom to vote. No one. We demand legitimate voting. Do you know what the Republicans should do? This is something you're never going to hear anybody do. Do you know why we have um, privacy in ballots and uh, anonymous ballots and you get to cast your ballot, but your name isn't on it? Because when the country started, you got killed if you didn't support the right party in power. Now you get, what, the bureaucracy sicked on you from the IRS? If you own a business, the EPA and OSHA and every other bureaucracy. But if you wanted to do something about it, you'd stand up for it. And that's why what the Republicans should be doing, or anybody who doesn't want to consider themselves to be a Marxist mafia member, create a website today where everybody who votes against Joe Biden puts their name, their vote, their city, their state, and the time they voted. Because we cannot audit the vote. That is the system of corruption we have. And the indictment that may or may not come out in the next seven minutes is because we cannot audit the vote. If we could audit the vote, we would not be in this predicament. And we're in it. And who exactly is running the things? Unelected bureaucrats, but absolute and total fascists. Agriculture contributes about 33% of all the emissions of the world, uh, depending a little bit on how you count it, but it's anywhere from 26 to 33. And we can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done. Nobody voted for net fracking zero, and nobody voted for this scumbag who he himself riddled in scandal after Vietnam, took his own film crew there, the coward that he is. Unless agriculture is front and center as part of the solution. But with a growing population on the planet, we just crossed the threshold of 8 billion fellow citizens around the world. We just crossed that in this last year. Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming. Do you understand what he's saying to you? You are the problem. Our food is the problem. Our life itself is the problem. This is the party in charge. This is the party of corruption. And the evidence is irrelevant. Because the Democrat voter and the stooge that's in the party... They're never going to wake up and they'll always defend corruption. And, and on the topic of a Biden impeachment, look, if if impeachable crimes are surfaced, if if they are surfaced and I say this is a Democrat, fine. They have found no evidence whatsoever. So it's not fine. And evidence is whatever these crooks say it is. And we're the ones who are at fault. Every Chicagoan out there knows what cloud is. Every Chicagoan knows we don't have aldermen. We have thieves. Just like Alibaba and the 50. And that's what it is. And we've normalized this kind of corruption. And now the chickens have come home to roost. Uh, that there are impeachable crimes. Impeachable crimes. The President of the United States is compromised based on Archer's testimony. I think so. Archer talked about the big guy, and, and Hunter Biden always said, we need to talk to my guy. We need to see when my guy's going to be here, and those types of things. Do you think today's testimony made it more likely that the president should be impeached? I think we, I think we should do an impeachment inquiry. I think we should do an impeachment inquiry, says the Republican with the side part and the Brooks Brothers suit, versus the mafia 
of the Marxists that impeached this guy for a fracking phone call to the same crooks that Joe Biden bragged about holding back our policy finance until he got a prosecutor that wouldn't look into his own corruption. That's America in 2023, which has turned into a third world corrupt government that is very comfortable ruling over its people. And if you think the Venezuelans are starving just because of socialism, the politicians never starve in Venezuela. Only the people do. By mid-century on the current course that we are today, a two-degree future could result in an additional 600 million people not getting enough to eat. Take your two degrees and your lack of a future and your phony science and shove it. 312-642-5600. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I know I'd go from rags to return. To me, being a gangster was better than being president of the United States. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Did I say Willie Wilson? I meant Willie Brown. My apologies to Willie Wilson, who has much better taste than Kamala Harris. I meant Willie Brown. But this is this is the, the, the dimwit. This is her only quality. I mean, she had no popularity within her own party, but she's now what? The third most powerful person in the world? And uh, she's really earning it. Boy, I mean, really earning it. But significantly, the members of this church saw what could be unburdened by what had been. Huh? What was that? You know what she's talking about? You know what she's talking about, Squirrel? You know what she's talking about? Abortion. That's how they're phrasing abortion now. See, it was beautiful when they could kill the baby. She's in Florida now, and we have restrictions on abortion, unlike Illinois, that you can abort everybody, and it's for free. Um, So she went to Florida, but the funny thing she didn't mention is she was invited to discuss the propaganda she spews, the lies she tells. She wasn't interested, though. Vice President Kamala Harris will be in Orlando this afternoon, and this comes as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has extended an invitation to the vice president to discuss the state's new black history standards. CBS News Miami's Jacqueline Quinn is in Miami with the details. The focus of this debate is what's in the state curriculum. There's a passage or a line in there that discusses uh, slavery, that slaves develop skills to their personal benefit. But some feel, well, that is a rewriting of history. Obviously, this has uh, spurred a lot of debate across the country with some speaking out against. No, it, it, it promotes thought. It promotes thought. It promotes thoughts that of every country, by the way. Slavery, the numbers are much bigger now than they were when America practiced slavery. In fact, we're still funding countries that practice slavery due to the Democrat foreign policies. But don't talk about that. And we never want to talk about the Ulster Scots. We never want to talk about the, the, the pirates that captured more white people than black people. We don't want to talk about the facts. But what school is supposed to do is promote thought. So in the school, it's given thought and given the idea that a country that was young and was practicing a meritocracy versus a government collectivism. You know, the hellholes we still finance because we're the richest and the youngest. This is what Kamala Harris and the rest of the Democrat Party doesn't want the kids to be aware of because they're giving away the principles of Americanism and the meritocracy that it is founded on. You know, property rights. So we can't let these little kids start thinking. We got to get them used to all kinds of propaganda. For instance, in this moment... 
We even see extremists ban books and attempt to erase and even rewrite the ugly parts of our history. You mean like your phony 1619 project? Or do you mean like the pornography you want to practice to give kids that are in third grade? You see, no one's banning books, stupid. By the way, did you ever find your underwear in Willie Brown's car? I don't think you did. Nobody's banning books. What they're saying is the people... The systems of school will not enrich the authors of lies and con and porno. That's all. If your parents want to buy the books and show it to the kids, go right ahead. It's America, baby. But no way should a system of government enrich liars and frauds and pornographers. You know, like the way they do under your system. But then again, you couldn't keep that money flow going between the teacher unions and the government and the phony authors. How many biographies, autobiographies did Barack write before he ever had a job? Two? Yeah. That's how he got rich, huh? That's what they want you to say. That's how you hide the money. All right, now apparently Tim in Zion has been uh, hospitalized and has not been awake for the last two years. Hi, Tim. Hey, uh, I was just wondering if anybody ever thought about this, but uh, <clears throat> those classified documents that Biden was supposed to have in his garage that they came across. I'm just wondering now if it had anything to do with covering up what his son was doing. Tim, the real story is that a senator doesn't have the nearly the authority of a, of a president and should have never been in possession of those documents. But that same senator has been an asset of the Chinese Communist Party for five decades. Joe Biden is a traitor, and that's the evidence. But luckily for him, Democrats can't think or follow even beans on a trail. Otherwise, they would realize we have an asset of enemies foreign and domestic posing as the president. And then they would realize that every day since his presidency, every single day, America has gotten weaker, while the enemies to Americanism have gotten stronger. Whether it's the corrupt country run by the actor, the former Soviet Union, or the Chinese Communist Party. They've gotten much stronger in the same time We have gotten weaker. However, all you have to do is lie and then name it. Let's call it Bidenomics. Just one more on that. The president had a a tweet out last night saying that real wages for the average American worker are higher than they were before the the pandemic. That tweet has now been annotated with um, a a message from the platform saying that that is not factual and that they have some some stats and some uh, charts uh, footnoted along with that. Uh, Do you welcome that um, kind of contestation from tech platforms? We disagree. That's Bidenomics in action. Disagree. So they put out a tweet. The tweet was based in lies. And then today, economic numbers come out and prove that they're all lies. Well, it's been a big day for U.S. economic data with the latest job openings and manufacturing activity out. And here to break it all down is Mike McKee. He is Bloomberg International Economics and Policy Correspondent joining us on set. And Mike, let's start with the jolts data, because looking at this, it seems like it's pretty good news for the Fed. It is reasonably good news for the Fed, although the 9,582,000 job openings that still exist... Labor participation is ridiculously low. There's 10 million jobs unfilled. There's more layoffs on the horizon. Your costs for money has skyrocketed. That's what Bidenomics is. But Joe Biden was bribed to destroy our economy. And just three years ago, our economy was thriving for every American citizen that chose to participate in it. You see, that's what governments like Joe Biden doesn't like. People who participate and become wealthy and don't need to bend knee to the corrupt mafias that run their areas. You know, clout, 
See, rich people don't need clout. <sighs> Brian Gurney. Hey, Sean. Uh, Kamala, what, what underwear? You're right. You Maybe she probably didn't even wear them. They were just a time consumption. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Well, I want to bring up, it's been eight months since um, we had control of the house. They talk about a teacher, an oversight committee. They, they got the evidence. They seem to get more and more evidence each, every day. But nobody's uh, really going and wanting to impeach this guy. And if they were really going, to, if they really had evidence, don't you think the Democrats would really be attacking them if they had credible Brian, evidence? Brian, you're watching theater and what the Republicans, by the way, they won eight months ago, but they were sworn in six. What you're watching is them raising more money than they've ever done in history. The GOP, the Republicans, have raised more money in the six months than they ever did in any six-month period. And yet, we're having inquiries. Because we, the people, are giving money with good intentions for them to get off their ass and do something. But instead, they like having the money. So they're not going to do anything. They're going to milk this system. And that is the problem. They're milking the system of corruption rather than fixing it. You could fix it overnight. How many Republicans outside of 20 states where the state legislature, you know, the ones that are supposed to be in control of the voting regulations, have worked to strengthen voter integrity? So what does it look like now? 20 well-run states all have voter integrity. Can they beat the 30 Democrat hellholes that don't and like to cheat? Let's shut down the count again in the middle of the night. This way we can get whatever we want the next morning. No one will suspect a thing. And if they ask to audit it, We'll indict him. And we're waiting for the indictment on Donald Trump. I'll let you know when that happens. We'll be back after this. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on the Sean Thompson Show. On AM 560. The answer. Four new charges. My favorite is a conspiracy to defraud the United States. As you got a guy that they want you to believe got 19 million, 16 million. How many more votes than Barack Obama? The dimwit in diapers. It's Venezuela with Brooks Brothers suits. That's what you have in Washington, D.C. George in Naperville. Sean, I'm wondering if those calls that Hunter was making to his father when he was in those meetings weren't about business, but were a cry for help. I know he mentions <laughs> weather a couple times, and I'm wondering if when he says it's hot, He's on the crack pipe, and if it's snowing, he's doing the blow. Oh, you mean like a like a little, yeah, they've got a code, right? Thank you very much. We've got a Hunter Biden uh, parody song here. My child called me up just the other day. He said, Dad, I need some crack. Can you help me today? And I had lots of cash. But bills to pay. He said, don't worry, Dad, I'll find another way. He was smoking for I knew it, and away he flew. Saying, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. song always makes me cry. Honey, money. I shouldn't have got it. Hunters in the basement with a silver spoon. The hookers and drugs were going to be there soon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. I'll be good and high by then, Dad. Yeah, I'll be good and high by then. Picking through rugs. Um, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I'm very proud of my son. My son came around just the other day. He said, I got me a deal where we can both get paid. Can I trade on your name? I said, sure, okay. Will anyone know? He said, no, no way. And as he walked away, he looked kind of dim and said, I'm going to be like him, yeah. 
you know I'm gonna be like him. He's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And Hunter's in the basement with a silver spoon. Your cranium bribes are gonna be there soon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. I'll put aside your 10%. Dad, I'll always have your 10%. So, honey, what are you doing? I said, Dad, I'm fine. He said, you're not fine. I know how to game the system. Come on. Come on. Well, he came from Kiev just the other day. Had a smile so big, I just had to say, son, I'm and proud Trump of you. Trump gets, gets indicted there. Oh, my word. You got to love it. It's like Venezuela without the good food. And as far as the Democrats go, without the sexy women. Mitchell displays. Hey, Sean, on this uh, full moon today in Aquarius, it tends to unearth what I call secrets. But the biggest secret that we have is that what about the hooligans over the weekend in Chicago that basically were busting windows in the loop, stealing cars, creating all this theft? There's no accountability, Sean. Not one by standing up with the governor or this ridiculous, feckless mayor. They don't do anything. Anything oh. in the scene, basically, we are run by a bunch of thugs. And Mitchell, There's this no weekend, this weekend wasn't bad. There wasn't 50 shot. What are you mad about? It's only, it's only, you only get concerned and you only get national news when it's 50. Don't worry about it. This is fine. This is the natural trajectory of what happens when you reward people for not doing very good things. And that leads us to our next little tidbit of Illinois. There is more fallout tonight, just days after Governor Pritzker signed a controversial bill into law that allows non-citizens to become full-fledged police officers. A former Chicago mayoral candidate. Trump got indicted. Pritzker signed a bill that allows illegal aliens to become policemen, and Trump got indicted. It is threatening to challenge the law in the courts if it isn't repealed before taking effect January 1st. Scott Schneider joins us now in the studio with more on that. Yeah, Corey, you just mentioned Dr. Willie Wilson, who says this law stands in defiance of federal law when it comes to who can become a uniformed police officer or deputy in this country, while the bill's main sponsor insists the law is tailor-made for DACA recipients. Police officers here in Chicago and statewide have long been required to be citizens of the United States. With a so do voters, right? Voters? Yeah. Well, if you can be a cop and not be a citizen, does that mean that cop can't vote? How's that work? Oh, you mean it's like a little wedge so that sooner or later you can eliminate that little pesky obstacle into election theft? Sweep of his pen last week, Governor Pritzker changed that, as Illinois will soon allow non-citizens who are eligible to become members of law enforcement upon completion of training. State Rep. Barbara Hernandez... And what is that, January 1st? That means when that law takes into effect, <laughs> you better look out. ...is of Aurora led the charge to get the legislation passed. The goal of the bill overall is to allow DACA and permanent residents uh, that are already uh, avail- able to work in this country legally um, they to well, apply to become police officers. There are currently more than 30,000 DACA recipients. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Because what happens in the countries that uh, uh, the people are fleeing for corruption, why do they flee those countries? Why, Squirrel? Do you know why? Because the government is so corrupt you can't turn to it for help. I got an idea. Let's make ours just as corrupt. Peter in Chicago. Peter? Hi, Sean. This is Peter. Yes. How are you? So Kamala Harris uh, talks uh, all the time about uh, slavery. Let's talk about the 21st century slavery on, uh, on the south side. These people, okay, they are free, but they have no education. Don't, can't go outside the house because get a shot. They don't go on vacation. They don't go and visit uh, sites around the country. They are slaves of Democratic Party. And you Democrats know what, too, Peter, you could expand that to the slavery of the of the worker 
of all workers that are not part of the political process of corruption. If you're an honest man in this country, you give what, 30, 40 percent of your income is extorted from you? I mean, the only way you can keep your money is if you bribe politicians or pick their favored industries, right? If, you, if you're in one of the favored industries, you don't pay the taxes that everybody else has to make. So you could really expand that notion of slavery and prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that slavery has never been more practiced in this country than right now. I mean, after all, we just came from three years where the slave was told if he could leave his house, if he could go visit his relative, where the slave was told what he had to put in his body and on his face in order to leave the house. You could really have fun with this topic, Peter, if you wanted to. And then we could go, you know, the all the uncomfortable facts of exactly how many slave owners themselves back when this country practiced slavery were black. You could talk about Willie Ellison. You could talk about a lot of different things. It would be very interesting, Peter, if they wanted to have the conversation. But the people you're talking about and talking to cannot have that conversation because they've been undereducated in their government school system. It's a very yeah, good... Yeah, but if we start educating these people, especially the black communities, to show them that they're still enslaved, enslaved yeah. because they have no education, they will split the party, and they want to understand, see what's going on. Peter, I like your all, thought, all but you realize the one flaw in your philosophy is that everything hinges on there being an honest election at some point, right? But now that you don't have honest elections, do you really need the people? They just get in the way. It'll be like Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein wins again. That's what we're getting used to. That's the only way you could run Joe Biden. 90 years old. Can't walk on pavement, let alone grass. Clearly suffering from all kinds of illnesses, least of which is not absolute and total provable corruption from the communists in China and the oligarchs in Ukraine. All right, there you go. Modern-day Democrat Party. 312-642-5600. This is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The Answer. AM560. The Answer. This is not an indictment of Donald J. Trump. This is an indictment of our justice system. This is an indictment of our government. The defendant, Donald J. Trump, was the 45th president of the United States and candidate for re-election in 2020. The defendant lost the 2020 presidential election. Despite having lost, the defendant was determined to remain in power. So for more than two months following the election, on November 3rd, 2020, the defendant spread lies that there had been an outcome determinative of fraud in the election and that he had actually won. These claims were false. The defendant knew that they were false. But the defendant repeatedly and widely uh, disseminated them anyway to make uh, his knowingly false claims appear legitimate, create intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger, and erode public faith in the administration of the election. No, no, no. Joe Biden's record of thievery did that. Your record of persecution versus prosecution did that. You see, the reality is you robbed 74 million people, and now you've just solidified their suspicions by proving that your third world justice department is nothing more than that. That's what you did. This is not an indictment of Donald J. Trump. This is an indictment of Joe Biden's entire mafia, the entire government. This has just been indicted. Uh, Catherine St. Charles. Hey, Sean, thanks for letting me jump on your show real quick. Um, You know, I listen to you often and there's a lot of things that resonate into my world. I'm a cashier at one of the home stores, you know, where these guys come and buy all their... Don't materials. say the name of it, please. Get yourself. I won't. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. 
and uh, as much as I'd like to, but they're all, they're all run the same way. And I've been there for a year and a half as a cashier, so I've seen a lot. And I'm telling you, these guys walk in with the wads of $100 bills, and they lay it down. They pay 6000 4000 10000 in bills. And the reason they're getting it this way, you know, they're buying materials, is because we are saying to them, yeah, okay, I'll pay you cash if you do it for two grand cheaper. So, so when you say these guys, the, the assumption is that they are not citizens. Do I have it right? Um, I would say the vast majority are not. The vast majority are not. Absolutely. They don't speak English. They don't want to speak English. But boy, when they step up, they know money. They know how to put down a 20 and a one for $20 and five cents. They do. Catherine, can I tell you something? And I mean this seriously. Those people that you deal with, those are the honest people. And those are the best help of saving the country. It's not going to be the Democrats that voted for Joe Biden. So that's the thing I want you to take solace in. You're not dealing with the people who are stealing from our social services. You're dealing with the people who are actually working. Those are the assets to the country. I'll take a thousand of those over one Chicago Democrat voter. Believe me when I tell you. Citizen and legacy for for 400 years, I'll take the guy who's giving you the cash. Because that at least is somebody productive. Go ahead. Okay. All right. But if he's going to work a cash situation for his life and, and have no social security, if God forbid if it goes away, where is it, how are we going to take care of him? What's Catherine, those are, let's not conflate those things because uh, I got news okay, for you, Dal. Right. You don't have any social security. There is no social security. <laughs> it's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> I mean, so, you know what I mean? Let's not adopt the argument of the, of the socialist. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm for a system that legalizes those kind of guys very quickly, because those kind of guys, they think more like me and you than anybody that would stand by this corrupt whore pretending to be president. Thank you very much, Catherine. I appreciate it. Jerry, Western Burbs. John, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, a comment on uh, the Trump indictments. These people, uh, the only thing that makes sense, because they're not, they're ignorant, but they're not stupid. These These are educated people, and the only way that they figure they can do this is that they, they are going to get away with it. Oh, they have gotten away with it, babe. I mean, I, I hate to, oh, no, I hate I mean, to be the bearer. Oh, it's going to be uh, between clowns like Pritzker with the legislation he just signed in. Jerry, do you know why I pulled it by? I pulled the trigger and just said that you got to you got to you got to uproot yourself and put your future investments in a different place, because there's no question that people are very comfortable being in a corrupt place. Right. So you have to pick those places where the people are uncomfortable being in a corrupt place. And that's where I think you have to wait out the next few years, because the idea that Pritzker can sign the bills, he said, have no choice. No, no, I understand. I work in the. I work in industry, you know, manufacturing, small husband and wife owned companies. Yeah. No, and I, these people are handcuffed. They can't sell their buildings. No, I know. I know. It's a terrible circumstance. It's a terrible circumstance. But this is the cancer that erodes the principles that this country was founded on. And, and the problem is whether the people didn't realize it or thought it was normal to have the government become more and more comfortable lying to the people, frauding the people, and stealing they, from they them. They don't care. They're apathetic. It's like looking at a flock of sheep. As long as there's grass to chew on, they don't give a... I have to tell you, you, you know, your, your conversation makes me... That and the indictment today, where do you turn when the government itself is part of the... is obviously the problem. This government just indicted a former president for a conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, and uh, 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 obstruction of truth. And 
they basically described every policy this government's passed for the last 50 years. Everything that came out of Joe Biden's mouth is a conspiracy to defraud the United States of America. Not one policy. That wonderful woman with Social Security. You want to talk about a conspiracy to defraud the United States? Social Security is a conspiracy to defraud the United States. And they're going to indict Donald Trump? This is a freaking scam, Jerry. Scam! I can't stand scam, squirrel. Don, Western Burbs. Hi, yeah, I just wanted to comment about China. Uh, They already had their own police here. Their secret thug police, as we all know, not a conspiracy theory, but just factual information. Yes, and, but they were here. We're going to pay them. They were here, Don, to arrest former Chinese communists that got out of line. These now oh, yeah. illegal aliens in Illinois, they're here to pull me and you over and arrest. How do you think that's going to go? <laughs> How do you think that's going to oh, go? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I got pulled over. My, here, I got pulled over. I got, a, I got a license plate issue that I, you know, I refuse to argue with people and I refuse to pay. So I got a license plate. I got pulled over another couple days ago. So what does it look like? When I'm in the cigar and two guys pull me over and they get out like we're in uh, El Salvador, what do you think that, that what do you think that pullover is going to look like? I ain't going to look good. Kosher. Yeah, we'll Let's see, Don. We'll see. We'll see if they could stretch it a little bit. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM five sixty. The answer from the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. Fascinating, fascinating woman I'm about to interview. I'm really excited about it. She was a young mother at the age of 30 with seven kids, the oldest being 10 years old when her husband was murdered by a very notable gangster named Danny Green. She had to figure out how to feed the kids. She becomes a private investigator. She's now the author of The Rubbish Hauler's Wife versus Barack Obama. It is out now. She is Susan... Daniels. Susan, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm great, and thank you for having me. Well, I have to tell you, it's a fascinating story because your husband was the rubbish hauler in the story, Kill the Irishman, right? Yes. Yep. And Danny Green murders your husband, who he ironically had some sort of a relationship with. Were they casual friends? How did it go? They had been friends for years. In fact, one of my children is named Danny after him fascinating fascinating story and um you know what a time in american history i I think cleveland had become the bomb capital of the world even more than beirut at that time wasn't it oh yeah in the 70s it was definitely definitely the the bomb capital and danny green finally got his comeuppance with the bombing in 1977 so you're 30 your oldest son is 10 and your daughter and you have seven kids Right. So what the do you? Older, wh- the youngest was fourteen months. So what do you do? I mean, that has to be unbelievable. So you you well, start to go to work, and how do you become a private eye? Well, I ju- I've only been a private eye for thirty years now. I um, after my husband died, I mean, he died and left a, a huge and very lucrative company. Oh. At, but he was thirty-seven years old and, and died without a will. 
And the lawyers managed to keep it in probate court for seven and a half years. Oh. And and uh, it was it was a, a very very hard time because they they certainly did not give uh, me or anybody else any money to live on. Oh boy! Another and, another good lawyer story. Glad that came. I mean, it's just so atrocious. Well, you know, it's interesting because at one point they had nine lawyers involved. And the best I can figure out is that they got at a minimum $130,000. And this is in the early yeah, 70s. When that meant something. So how did you not write, a, not write a book? Danny Green, although a bad person, not a real gangster. It's the lawyers who handle the probate cases. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been a really long title. I know, but it's the truth, damn it. And I love the fact that you, you constantly write. So tell me about this book, because this is an interesting topic. How do you go from surviving like that to private investigator to writing a book specific about Barack Obama? Well, I, um, you know, this book is actually a memoir. So it includes a lot about my past, but it also includes how I got to, to, to Barack Obama. And what happened is, uh, at the age of 52, I became a private investigator, and I had a client that said uh, in 2009, I want you to do a background on Barack Obama. And I said, I won't find anything. He's already president. And he said, well, would you try? And I said, of course because I didn't like Barack Obama already. I saw, I could see what a snake oil salesman he was when he was running for office. Yes, many of us could. Many of us could. But you touch upon a topic that is uh, interesting to me, because I am a, a, a friend of Jerome Corsi. So I'm kind of... Oh. I'm kind of versed in this topic. But I also am well aware of what happens when you touch this topic, which is why I'm excited to slap it. So go ahead. Well, he... He, Jerome Corsi is the first person that wrote about it when I found Barack Obama using a phony Social Security number. And I found I, I uncovered that he had, was using a number that had been assigned in 1977 to somebody that had been born in 1890, and it was a Connecticut number. Wait, they had Social Security numbers in 1890? No, no, no. This is this is what they didn't start till 1936. Yeah, yeah. But what happened is, uh, and I found another file to, to support this. A woman that was born in 1896 applied for a social security number, got it the same day that the number Barack Obama uses was was issued. Oh boy. Uh, what what it said in her file? Now was, you better be right. I don't want to get indicted. Now you know how they're throwing these things around. Go ahead. <laughs> Not to worry. Um, uh, what happened is her, she had been using her husband's social security number. When he died, she needed to get her own. Right. And that was in 1977. And the same day Barack Obama, the, the one he uses, was issued. Well, <laughs> I, I think a woman born in 1890 ran into the same situation and at the age of 87 needed medical care or something from the government and had to have a social security number. Well, I find the number and not sure what to do with it. And somebody suggests, why don't you get in touch with WorldNet Daily? And I said, I don't even know what that is. And they told me, and I sent, I just sent a, just a, an email over there saying, hey, is anybody interested in what I've found? And 20 minutes later, Jerry Corsi's on the phone to me. Wow. And he's, he's the first person that wrote about it. He's the first person that wrote about it. Trump publicizes it, talks about it. 
and all hell breaks loose. How did you stay out of the mix? Well, Trump went after the the birth certificate. Yeah. And, and mine was the Social Security number. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. So um, what happens after you notify people? What happens after Jerome Corsi talks about it? Well, then uh, then I get a phone call from uh, Jack Cashel, the writer, and he he said, you know, he said I keep people keep asking me about this social security number, and all roads lead back to you. He said, are you the one that actually found it? And I said, yeah, I am. And what I then did in 2012, I filed a uh, lawsuit against the Ohio Secretary of State get Obama off the presidential ballot because he's using a phony number. And of course, oh, my God. This is uh, okay. shattering. This is earth shattering. Yeah, well, I, and I had to file it pro se because I had no money to hire a lawyer to do it. And I, I did. I put it together. It's, the complaint's 18 pages, and then I added 83 pages of documents proving what I said was true. And it is true. So, he is using a phony number. Which makes him a felon. Well, that number is worth a lot of money right now. I don't know if you're looking at all the real estate he's bought, but it's a lot of money t- attached to that real estate, well, I mean, that Social Security number. Um, <laughs> so when you file the lawsuit, let me guess, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, they all bang on the door and say, show me the prima facie evidence you have that proves beyond the shadow of a doubt it's a fake number, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, they were all knocking on the door. Oh, yeah. How does this get squashed? Seriously, this is a big story. How does this it's, possibly it's get squashed? Story. You know, Jack Cashel, and one, he, Jack Cashel wrote a ton of articles, as did Jerry Corsi. And uh, what Jack Cashel said is if uh, Romney had used the information, he would have knocked Obama right out of, uh, out of office. And he, he would never have been reelected. And uh, nobody paid any attention. If you knew how many congressmen and senators I, I contacted and sent them proof, and there probably had to be 15 of them, including, you know, Ted Cruz, uh, Marco Rubio, every big name that was in, in office then. And I never heard back from a single one of Isn't them. Isn't that astonishing? It's astonishing. No. You know, it's something I, I watched that argument. Of, of of that time period in America, of Barack Obama's story, of Barack Obama's autobiography, of his connection to so many Chicago communists at the time and in, in Hawaii. It's a fascinating, fascinating time in American history, but it just gets squashed. And to this day, no one's willing to discuss it for the most part. How, uh, how long has your book been out? Uh, it, it's been out since May. And surprisingly, it's doing it's doing well. I'm I didn't I figured I, I tried to figure out how many relatives I had that would buy it. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't have any to talk to you after. How many of your seven kids talk to you? Um, no. Only one's only one's a liberal. The other <laughs> six are conservatives. Well, you know what's funny, Susan? This shouldn't be an issue. So many of these issues get swept into politics. This shouldn't be an issue. It should have been something that people investigated, and it could have opened up another conversation on multitude of level. Because Barack Obama, I agree with him on absolutely nothing, but I use Barack Obama as the greatest reason why no one should have an abortion, and I'll tell you how I do that. His mother is seventeen. the The man that, that knocks him her up is thirty three and married, and African. She comes back 1961 to Hawaii at the height of American race tensions. 
and has the baby. And I say thank God because that baby grows up to become president at the Time Center. It's an amazing story, but um, Uh, all you needed was a little fraud to make all the argument go away. Well, the truth is, in my book, I I talk about where I think he was born, and I don't think for a second he was born in Hawaii. No, me, I don't either. Uh, I never have. um, I'll tell you where I think he was born, and it's based on a letter I found in in allegedly his father's immigration file. And I don't think Barack Obama Sr. is his father. I think Frank Marshall Davis actually was. But I found in the immigration file a letter that said that uh, he had got his wife pregnant, uh, even though they were were never married. There was no marriage license ever found. Well, he was already married. He already had how many kids? Yeah, Yeah, and he had a couple of kids. Yeah. Hell yeah. of a guy. Yeah. Died in his second DUI, right? He was drunk when he died after having another DUI accident. He survived. Oh, no, he had three. Three. After the second one, he lost both his legs. And it was the third one where he... Well, he had to get home, Susan. You got no <laughs> legs. There's a car right there. Go ahead. Uh, well, anyhow, the, the letter said that... Uh, his wife was making arrangements with the Salvation Army to give the baby up for adoption. And I started thinking about it. I thought, now, nobody nobody in Hawaii saw her pregnant. There's no pictures of her anywhere in Hawaii where she was pregnant. And I started thinking about where could she have gone. And I thought, uh, she grew up in Seattle. She grew up on Mercer Island. I'll bet she went back to Seattle. So I go I go online and I start looking for Salvation Army homes for girls, Brunwood girls, mm-hmm. and find one in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is only 120 miles from Mercer Island. And she she shows up two weeks later on Mercer Island with a two week old baby. Huh. Well, the thing is, now why didn't she give this baby up for adoption? That was easy to figure out too, because what they did is they were testing the blood of all the babies born there because if the baby was not a hundred percent white, they would not be able to place it for adoption. Oh. No, people did not want a mixed race baby, and it wasn't black that they were interested in uh, in preventing being adopted. It was uh, Eskimo babies. I knew it. That was ter- terrible. Ter- you know, I know why, why Ted Cruz never answered you. He, too, was born in Canada. He probably don't want to bring attention to it. <laughs> Maybe. So, so then your conclusion is that he was born in Canada. Which means he was never a citizen of the United States. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. In Illinois, we let the uh, not the illegal aliens become policemen. I mean, what's the big deal after all? You just normalize. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's... I, Pritzker is what a what a swell guy. Yeah, a, yeah. Be nice, Susan. You never know if you're going to open a beef stand up, and you always want to keep those four hundred pounders as friends, potential customers. <laughs> uh, Susan, I find your 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 history absolutely fascinating. Because you're, I mean, truly, and the fact that you did it at a time when it was very difficult for anybody to do things, but you yourself, a widow alone, uh, and and, and you did it all. I mean, it's a fascinating story. And I'm wondering now, um, with the book sales, have you come across any other interesting cases you were working on that you thought this would make a good book? 
Oh, yeah. You know, I've, I've done a bunch of things. And, well, I had 30 years worth of things that, you know, I mean, I I saved I saved a Marine down at Camp Lejeune from going to, I, well, I helped save him from going to jail for 30 years. He had wow. been accused of a, by a female Marine of rape and was, had, she came originally from this area. So I was hired to do a background on her and went out and talked to everybody she had gone to school with and all the neighbors and everything. And some of the interviews that I did uh, helped the uh, JAG officer down there, and and he was he was found not guilty. Well, that's fascinating. I, I I really I just think it's fascinating, and I, I I can't wait for you to write a book and discuss your husband's relationship with Danny Green and surviving that, and the lawyers basically robbing the estate. Oh I mean, yeah, oh that's fascinating. Fascinating. Oh, they, some of those lawyers went on to be federal judges. And, sure. I mean, it's, yeah. In the meantime, my kids were raised eating pancakes yeah. for dinner. Oh, it makes the only me. thing I could afford. It makes me so angry because here in Cook County, we have two sitting Cook County judges that are on in the investment group with the indicted Ed Burke, another short in the pants gangster who pretends to be a politician. The systemic corruption in these Democrat areas. And it's fascinating because Cleveland is just like Chicago. It really is so yep. similar. And, uh, I know that because I have a friend of mine who's from that area and retired down in, in Naples, Florida, and we often talk about uh, the connection in the Danny Green years, and it's a, it's a fascinating time. I can't wait for the next book. I can't wait to get through this book. The name of the book is The Rubbish Hauler's Wife versus Barack Obama. It's out now. She is Susan Daniels. She's the president of Susan Daniels and Associates. And if you need a private eye, you still practicing? Oh, yeah. I just renewed my license in March. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I want you to look into this Jack Smith guy, because I heard through the grapevine and a little investigating of my own, which I like to do on my part time, that his wife was the producer on the Netflix special for Michelle Obama. Oh, that would be no surprise at all. See, now we start working on this. You got to figure out what your rate is. I'm not paying, though. I'm from Chicago. I only pay 50%. In the meantime, Susan, thank you for the book and your continued work. I can't read the, I can't wait to read your next one. Thank you so much for making time for me. Uh, thank you, Sean, for having me. I appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I like big books and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't And the fake social security number. All right, now let's go to the husband of, uh, how do you say her name, Squirrel? Katie Shavigny? Katie Shavigny, she is the founder of Big Mouth Productions. She is a Joe Biden donor, and she helped create the documentary on Michelle Obama. And uh, her husband is Jack Smith. Here he is, the special counsel, Jack Smith. Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump. Is he trying to sound tough or just corrupt? Chicago Democrat. I like it. Pock face. An unattractive-looking wife who happens to be a Joe Biden donor and the documentarian of the Michelle Obama documentary on Netflix. With conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. Is he out of breath or is he just lying? 
The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia. Those aren't citizens. They're Democrats. And it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. All right. It's poppycock. Did you uh, print one on Charmin? The attack on our nation's capital on January 6th, 2021, was an... Weaponless, weaponless protest. Is that what you're talking about? The one with all the FBI guys? Hey, you with the pock face, I'm talking to you. Unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. Your ass. It's described in the indictment. It was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Did you uh, do the counting before or after you shut the countdown for four hours? Hey, you, Democrat swindler. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. Even the murderer that shot that poor 120-pound veteran in the neck at point-blank range, the unarmed, the unarmed veteran, Ashley Babbitt, even her? No, that was a guy to chatter, right? Oh, and I guess the Democrats, would you give him a gold watch and a retirement package? They are patriots, and they are the very best of us. Poppycock! They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. Yeah, for the you one lie. time for the one time that year they got off their ass, stopped eating cream puffs, walked around in their costumes. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Uh-huh. Since the attack on our capital, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability. Are you Fracking kidding me? If that was the truth, the entire Biden family would be in prison. Accountability. You don't even know what the word means, you Democrat. For those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment. And our investigation of other individuals. It's hard to listen to. Could you have them install a heavy bag here, please? I got to listen to this bull dung. This continues. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until proven guilty. Buried the lead there, didn't you, Pockface? I think you did, Democrat. Beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. I would like to thank the members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Oh, here's where they kiss each other's ass. You never worked a day in your miserable existence, you fraud, you Gestapo. That's exactly what this is. The Fourth Reich and the new Gestapo. Commandante Jack Smith. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call because I'll tell you what. I heard about this Jack Smith and everything I did. And there's something about this whole situation back with the, Chicago's when, uh, very own. Was, Chicago connection. Yeah. Oh, of course. This is where the best gangsters come from. Yeah, well, here, listen to this. So back when uh, Biden was the, uh, you know, vice president in, in Obama, uh, put Dick Smith, he was the head of this ethics, government ethics thing to make sure that all of the uh, government people I mean, were all on the up and up. There was nothing to yeah, look at. Yeah. There was dozens and dozens of complaints and all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, people I can't hear you, Craig. The NSA is scrambling your signal. However, I did uh, 
I did agree with a lot of what you said there. Who are working on this investigation with my office, as well as the many career prosecutors and law enforcement agents from around the country who have worked on previous January 6th investigations. Hey, Jack, how did this one slip past you? Hey, 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 dummy, pay attention. To serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges, you were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. Uh And that was it. And there's nobody. (laughs) You've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But that doesn't pass the smell test. Like when you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know what's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down some guardrails? I want to show you the kind of clout that the senator for five decades had. You're talking major clout. Now, granted, he was financially backed and he steered policies to the labor extortion mafias throughout the nation. However, um, He's also a sick son of a dog who's damaged his kids unimaginably from the crackhead who he uses as a bag man to the daughter who left her diary behind. It's an interesting case. Project Veritas exposed the fact that they were presented with the opportunity to buy Ashley Biden's diary. This is from yesterday. This was released by Project Veritas, no longer affiliated with James O'Keefe. However, it didn't get much coverage because I think this is another great example to see the kind of government corruption Joe Biden always was able to wield. Joe Biden is a major cog in the gangster government. This voicemail was left on the Project Veritas tip line on September 3rd, 2020, which led our journalists to investigate the matter of Ashley Biden's diary, thrusting us into a pivotal moment of history for all of press freedom. Hi there. I'm calling from Florida. My family, their friend who owns a house down here in Palm Beach, was renting it out. I don't know how, but this is a while back. But anyway, somebody, a new renter moved in and Ashley Biden was staying in this room and they found her diary, all of her clothes, luggage, pills. Anyway, um, diary is pretty crazy. Um, I think it's worth taking a look at. In the diary, the allegation is that her father liked to shower with her as she was a young girl into, uh, I guess, womanhood when she could finally say, Get out of the shower, you creepy bastard! It's not a joke. It's real. And um, I'd love to get it into your hands. After years of public speculation and internal deliberation, we are finally releasing our conversation with Ashley Biden about her diary and other possessions. They were abandoned and later offered to Project Veritas. Hi, is this Ashley Biden? This is she. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I just wanted to, so I heard you have um, a few of my belongings. Um, and so I was going to ask if, it would, if you could please meet my friend, Eric, who is down in Delray. If you could meet him and get, and get this up to him. There's, there's a, a diary here. It starts in January. It says, January, at the end of a New York month, I'm sitting on a bed uh, at the I building. Yeah, so if you could just give everything that you have 
um, to Eric, that would be really um, uh, great. I don't want to give this to to the wrong person. I mean, I want to make sure. Uh, at, this, the, at this point, and I don't mean to, I, I don't want to have to get Secret Service involved in this, right? Because it just is, it's a whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I am Ashley Biden. It is my stuff. So if you could just give all of that over, I would really appreciate it. I know you sent a picture to my husband with a camera. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. and a few other things that are mine as well. So that would be really great. Where is a good place uh, for him to meet you? There's also this bag with luggage tags on it. Uh, for, and so is that bag, because there's there's all this stuff, is that bag... By the way, this was a busy month for the government. They also had to go and get the hard drive with the absolute and total evidence of corruption from the Chinese Communist Party to the oligarchs in the former Soviet Union, uh, incriminating Joe Biden who was uh, at that year running for president, and the government was scrambling to squash these scandals. Yours too, Ashley? Yeah, it is. Shortly after the phone call, this October 16th letter was sent from Project Veritas to Joe Biden's presidential campaign, asking the candidate for comment. October 23rd, a follow-up email from our then chief legal officer. And on October 29th, 2020, Ashley Biden's attorney, Roberta Kaplan, finally responded saying, quote, This is insane. We should send to the SDNY. This is the FBI splash page showing the SDNY immediately open an investigation into Project Veritas on the very same day. And on November... This is power, baby. This is power. This is absolute and total power. I don't know if Venezuela could work this fast with their corrupt government. Uh, I'm pretty sure Cuba can, but it'd probably be El Salvador that would be next. November 8th, 2020, Project Veritas returns all Ashley Biden's abandoned items, including her diary, to Florida local law enforcement. You're watching pre-dawn raids by the FBI on three Project Veritas journalists. They took place on November 4th and November 6th of 2021. I'm sorry, so what is this regarding? This is the search warrant. Open up. Open up. So after they have the evidence, Joe Biden secures the office. The FBI is unleashed on anybody who questioned anything. This indictment that you have is only the logical destination of how far this country has fallen into third world status. Incidentally, New York Times national security reporter Mike Schmidt contacts Project Veritas journalist immediately following the raids. A new wrinkle today in the investigation into the apparent theft of the president's daughter, Ashley Biden's diary. The New York Times reporting the FBI Saturday. Notice how the press reported it as a theft. It was never a theft. They contacted Search the home of James O'Keefe. 47 electronic devices, including our reporters' cell phones, laptops, and thumb drives, were seized. To be clear, no one was arrested, and no one was charged with any crime. Ah, they were just intimidated by their government. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM 
AM 560. The answer. Donald Trump indicted conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, obstruction, defeat. The, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And who is not indicted? Unless there was something that was there was something on its face that was wrong. There's nothing on its face that was wrong. So, look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. I mean, come on. This is so (laughs) these guys are amazing. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know, there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. But you keep asking me these questions. It's okay. He, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do. But I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. Last one on this. Uh, say you're elected. You're in office. What guardrails would you have to be sure that your son, your brother Jimmy, doesn't uh, do anything to trade on the family name? Does he say a corrupt Department of Justice? An infested Federal Bureau of Incompetence? Or a... Uh Loyal to the corrupt administration, Secret Service. What does he say, Squirrel? Do you know? All right, let's hear. They will not be engaged in any foreign business because of what's happened in this administration. No one's going to be seeking patents for things from China. No one's going to be engaged in that kind of thing. So no foreign business for your relatives. Here's an interesting little tidbit. Turns out that there is a group tied to who exactly? Buying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres. Tonight, we're digging into Flannery Associates. The firm purchased 55,000 acres of farmland in Solano County, including right near Travis Air Force Base. Now, that's nearly double the size of San Francisco. Yet no one, not even the federal government, can figure out who's behind it. I can. I can figure it out. It's the Chinese Communist Party. You want to bet, Squirrel? Call me Basil Rathbone. Someone prove me wrong. And more importantly... Why? Federal officials say a mysterious company has purchased nearly $1 billion of land. I'd also like to bet that that company traces back to political donations to the Democrat mafia. Want to bet? Bet, 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 bet. Surrounding Travis Air Force Base, one of the most critical military bases in the western U.S. Democratic Congressman John Garamendi raised the alarm to the U.S. Air Force, prompting a federal investigation. Good news is the fix is in. The investigation will go nowhere. In the meantime, Trump is indicted. These women and men are public servants of the very highest order, and it is a privilege to work alongside them. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little Are you used to it yet? Are you used to being treated and talked to and intimidated by your government like a slave? That's exactly what we've been facing. In particular, since Joe Biden was allowed to occupy the most powerful office, not just in the country, but in the world. I have never for one minute recognized the authority of Joe Biden. I have revoked my consent to be governed because I do not 
believe the election was legitimate. I have come to that conclusion, my opinion. And the government has worked actively to intimidate anybody who feels that way. My next guest also feels that way. He is Gregory Stenstrom. He is a digital privacy ecosystem and social media platform creator. He has been the CEO, CTO, and CIO for multiple corporations, extensive experience in computer science, security, and fraud investigations, and an industry where he has been a problem solver on many levels. He is also the author of Parallel Election, a Blueprint for Deception. Gregory, thank you for joining me. How are you? Always a pleasure. Love your intro and love your show. Oh, thank you. Well, I am aggravated as could be because what I see before me is not an indictment of Donald Trump. It's an indictment of our government. And it all started with the fact that they could not wait to believe that this 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 50-year political whore somehow secured 81 million votes at exactly where he needed them after they shut the countdown for four hours. It is outrageous to me. But here we are, and we're only two and a half years into it. It's crazy. I just uh, I've got the indictment in front of me and uh, written by John Smith uh, was submitted today. See the counts count one conspiracy to defraud the United States count two conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding count three obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding count four conspiracy against rights. Five days ago, the Department of Justice drops campaign finance violations against a billion-dollar donor named Sam Bankman Fried Freed whatever who ran an absolute and total Ponzi scheme. And this is supposed to be legitimate? I mean, it is open. It is out of the box. It is third-world corruption stuff. But more importantly, what are we going to do with the next election? Because they got away with this one. Well, uh, on July 4th, uh, 20 days, well, actually, how long ago was that? Uh, 25 days ago. I uh, submitted formal criminal charges to the Honorable James T. Jordan, who's the head of the House Judiciary Committee, for a collaborative interagency federal effort by U.S. Attorney General William Barr, designed to obstruct the federal investigative process into the Department of Justice, criminal wrongdoing to degrade the evidentiary base necessary to substantiate or non-substantiate allegations of criminal wrongdoing involving the U.S. attorneys assigned to the Department of State. In short, I filed criminal charges against Barr, Ray, Garland, and, in fact, Special Counsel Smith, who just filed this indictment against Trump regarding the election. I submitted formal charges against them um, that have to be addressed by law by the Judiciary Committee. Gregory, you, um, you're a former U.S. Naval officer. You served as a warfare officer, surface, and uh, commanding and executive officer roles, special warfare, special operations. I am going to ask you a question. This, to me, what we're living through in America, circa 2023, when you look at it in its totality, and you look at the censorship, you look at the fascism, you look at the normalization of outright bald-faced lies coming from politicians, and you look at how fast they jam the 81 million count down our throats, and if you were to question it, how you, even you, a veteran, how you were ostracized, how you were ignored and ridiculed. This, to me, feels like a coup d'etat more than a presidency. This is not the Obama years. This is something different. This is something more open in its fascism. Am I, am I the only one that feels this way? Are you getting this? And does this look like a, 
a coup d'etat to you? Yes. We've, uh, we've spent three years. Um, one of the reasons, you know, probably a lot of people in your audience may or may not have heard of me or the parallel election is there's been a concerted attempt uh, by the DOJ, the Inspector General's office and the FBI to suppress investigations into election fraud. Um, we have FOIA requests at this point, several thousand pages of FOIA requests that show that they did a concerted effort to suppress not only the election, but their overall agenda is progressive social reconstruction. And you've heard uh, you've heard the term we're going to fundamentally transform the government and so forth. This is an effort by a group of people within the government who we've identified and we've established an evidentiary base, a substantial evidentiary base. Uh, identifying these people by name, including John Smith, who just filed the indictment against Trump as uh, subverting our government and, uh, and in fact, uh, basically implementing state capture, which yeah. is treason, traitorous, uh, coup d'etat, call it whatever you want. This small group of people have, uh, in fact, subverted the federal obstructive uh, federal investigative process to uh, to meet their ends of progressive social reconstruction and you have been working tirelessly on getting evidence getting questions answered that you have been trying to present you've been filing lawsuits i mean i, I i'll never forget the first time i had you on to talk about parallel election a blueprint for deception the numbers of people that listen the phone calls the emails we got it was the time that we had that optimism of okay maybe this is undeniable evidence and it will save the trajectory of the nation. Have you been able to present this evidence or have they been able to put you in a box and keep their eyes from viewing it? Well, it took us three years uh, in multiple lawsuits, but in the Philadelphia, uh, I'm a co-defendant with President Trump, myself, Leah Hoops, Rudy Giuliani, uh, previously, Phil Klein, Jen Ellis, and the Thomas More Society, they've been dismissed from the case, but I'm a co-defendant with President Trump in a defamation case in Philadelphia. And what we were able to do um, several weeks ago, the judge uh, had a uh, had a hearing for a rule to show cause why he shouldn't grant an order to disarm us, to gag us, to uh, prevent us from filing, continued filings, and also to sanction us. And we successfully fought that in court. But one of the things we did there is because it was a discovery hearing, uh, the way you the way you submit evidence is you have to submit evidence during a discovery process or a discovery hearing. And the judge admitted all of our evidence, which is substantial, irrefutable, undisputable, that there was massive election fraud in Delaware County, uh, massive election fraud. And including the FOIA requests that showed the obstruction of that investigation by Attorney General Barr and uh, succeeding Attorney General Rosen, that was all submitted into evidence into Philadelphia. So with that combined with the uh, disclosure and the official whistleblower, uh, federal whistleblower, with that disclosure and the charges that we just submitted to Jordan, our evidence is on the record. It's in the court of Philadelphia. It's also within the Department of Justice itself has all of the evidence. So when we eventually go to Jim Jordan, when we eventually go to court and they say, where's your evidence? We're going to say, you have it all. It's been submitted into court. 
irrefutable, undisputable. It's been submitted to the DOJ. The DOJ has all the evidence of massive election fraud, and they chose to not investigate, similar to the way they chose not to investigate J6, similar to the way they chose not to investigate the trafficking of children across the southern border, similar to the way they chose not to investigate vaccine charges. And all of it comes down to a small group of people within our government that's called the council or the CIGI, C-I-G-I-E, but it's pronounced CIGI, all that's central to them and of which Jack Smith or John Smith is part of. And he's part of the indictment of Trump. This small group of people are attempting to subvert the government of the United States, have federally obstructed investigations, and we have a mountain of evidence that shows that they're criminals, stone-cold criminals, period. This indictment of Donald Trump is more of an indictment of your, yours and my and the opinion that you espouse and that you've been fighting for, the fact that Joe Biden is not legitimate. However, when I read this indictment, and when you look at the introduction, the defendant, who was the 45th president, lost the presidential election despite having lost. The defendant was determined to remain in power. So for more than two months following the election, the defendant spread lies. I've never seen anything like this, by the way. This is, an, this is from the Department of Justice. The defendant um, spread lies and claims of a false outcome and fraud. That's exactly what we're talking about. And why can they only indict Donald Trump and not you and not me? And ultimately, isn't that the position they want to be in? Because Donald Trump simply fought for what was right the way we are doing now. And yet this is meant not as a legal agreement. This is meant to intimidate anybody who shares our opinion. How could you see it any other way? You can't see it any other way. And it's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to intimidate. And because they have a lack of evidence, they've had to create a narrative and shape a a false narrative, completely devoid of evidence. And this this uh, indictment was patterned under the minority report, the House report. You know, we call it the Durbin report. Um, there's, it's a fairy tale. When you read the uh, report from the House regarding the 2020 election, it's a complete fairy tale. And this indictment that I've been reading is a fairy tale. It no. is literally devoid of facts and just it's a it's a shaping uh, exercise to counteract the hard evidence that we have that these people were in fact the real criminals in the 2020. I election. mean, this is this is first of all, I've got a I've got a moron on the line, another slip and fall Democrat lawyer from Chicago who claims to be a prosecutor, and there is not a viable defense for Trump. This is fraud the way it exists. I can't believe that we are so far down the path of of insanity. To where we have the absolute evidence of what Joe Biden is, what he was, what he always will be, a, a, an asset of enemies foreign and domestic. We've got it all. They deny it. The government, in fact, is the one that ran cover. The FBI had the laptop with the prima facie evidence of a multitude of crimes and corruption. We've got him on tape admitting he held policy money till he had a former Soviet Union. It doesn't matter what we have. And I want to believe you because, you know, I love you to death. I want to believe you that this is a small group, and I believe in everything you stand for and how you fought for your country and how you represented it. But when you look at this and when you see we've got lawyers in this country that because they're Democrat morons, let alone they practice in the sewer of corruption, Chicago, they don't care about right and wrong. These are supposedly officers of the court. You've got this guy, Jack Smith 
who by standards should be somebody who has the uh, the intellect to decipher right from wrong. But yet we don't have that anymore. There is no absolute evidence. That's the part that makes me sick, because how did this slip through? How did they get this in front of the right judge? And how does this not be laughed at by everybody with a law degree in the nation? Well, first of all, there is an evidentiary data. There is an evidentiary base that contradicts everything that Smith says in this indictment. And the evidence, the actual evidentiary base, shows clearly that President Trump relied on the Department of Justice to conduct an investigation. That is, in fact, what he did. In fact, President Trump said, I am going to rely, I must rely as the president in the, in the smooth transition of power to allow the DOJ to do their job. My specific criminal, you know, criminal uh, allegations are that they refused to do that. Not only that, they attempted to cover up. They had my full disclosure on November 7th of 2020. Within two hours, my declaration and the evidence of massive election fraud went through the entire Department of Justice, the entire FBI, well, the, all the top echelons, every U.S. attorney, and it went through the entire Inspector General Corps, the public integrity sector, the criminal referral manager, and all of whom we name as conducting a criminal conspiracy to obstruct the federal investigative process. The record is clear that President Trump, clear that President Trump relied on the DOJ to do their jobs, and they didn't. And this is a cover-up. This indictment right. is, is a fairy tale. It is a fairy tale and a shaping exercise to put the blame back on President Trump when, in fact, it's the reverse. Exactly. It's the Here, a conspiracy to corruptly obstruct and impede the January 6th congressional proceeding at which they, they collected the results of the presidential election are counted and certified. And the reality is this was... This was the wheels were in motion immediately. I don't know if I ever told you the story. On January 6th is my mother's birthday. My mother's been dead since 08. I take her day and I always walk on the beach. It's something I do. So I was invited to go to a lot of this stuff. This was organized, right? People were invited. They were going. I said, absolutely not. I'm going to Florida. I got on the plane at 5.50 in the morning. All right? I, at that time, I had a Twitter account. By the time I landed, three hours later, my Twitter account had been suspended. I tweeted nothing about January 6th. Come to find out, 34,000 other citizens had the exact same thing happen. They started immediately to call the protest, or whatever it was, the support of Donald Trump, an insurrection. Yet to this day, not one gun, not one gun was found. They refused to answer how many FBI agents. They refused to answer how many CIA agents. They refused to answer anything. You've got guys sitting in prison today who have been denied their due process right. This, to me, is a is a is a plan and has been a plan. This indictment is garbage, and yet I'm going to have to listen to morons, even if they're lawyers in the sewer of Chicago. I mean, this is the part where you say, if you can't get any traction, you've got everything. You've been doing this your whole life. And they're, they're, they're putting you on ice. What do we wait for? And why should I even participate in the next election? Because, quite frankly, I have zero, zero faith in this system. Well, we, we've done quite a bit here in Delaware County, and it's rippling throughout Pennsylvania. And what we've done is we, the multiple lawsuits we filed are litigative stakes in the ground to correct this. So one of the first litigative stakes in the ground was our initial allegations and our initial declarations requiring statutorily 
investigations to be conducted by the Department of Justice, by the Pennsylvania Attorney General at that time, Josh Shapiro, by the district attorneys, uh, in our case, Stoltzheimer, but by district attorneys throughout the state and country who refused to perform those statutory duties and their fiduciary duties to conduct investigations. They just didn't do them. So when the lawyers call, they, what, we've, what we've stated was you had a requirement to investigate. That was the first thing we did. The second thing we did is we filed litigation to allow us to examine the mail-in ballots and logic and accuracy testing and do things that were statutorily required to allow us to do as certified poll watchers and authorized representatives and candidates, which they refused. And they still haven't heard that case after 280 days. We then filed a case, which we just won, and the case basically was we're going to look at the election envelopes after the election. Now, we went down with a group of people. We scanned 20, 26,000 mail-in ballots for the election, and we scanned them in seven hours. We could have done it in probably four. We scanned those. Now we're going through them. We've already identified uh, some significant problems. Those reports will be coming out. And as we approach November 2023 and May 2024, we are going to reestablish and recontrol, regain control over our elections, which have been in our rights, which have been denied to us. So we do have a clear path home to correcting our elections that, that we're implementing. And with these criminal allegations and the evidentiary base that we've created, we can show beyond a shadow of a doubt, irrefutably, that the people that are making these accusations are indeed, and in fact, the criminals well, in this. So you know there what is I, a way home. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. There is a way home. We're, 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 we're on our way home. This is not a futile exercise. Gregory, my idea is simple. Um, I want to destroy the anonymity in the voter process. I'm not ashamed of voting against this corrupt dimwit in diapers, and I don't think the 74 million people who were robbed are. And by the time this idiot... Uh, last until the next election. I don't think anybody will. So I want to create a site. This is your bailiwick where we list the name. My name is Sean Thompson. I live in Florida and I voted for blah against Joe Biden and we strip it away. So now if this, the system isn't going to allow us to audit it, we now can audit it. We will have the votes and we will have the names that show there are more votes than there are people in the areas where they need to win because I'll tell you one thing about Democrats. They're cunning and they're devious. And if they got away with stealing the last one, they'll steal the next 40 unless we come up with a way to build some integrity back in this system. Well, we know how they target. We know how they target the election. There's 3,143 counties in the United States. They only need to target 20 to 32. Actually, it's 20 can swing the entire election. And Delaware County, Pennsylvania, happened to be one of them, which is why you know we were sitting in a hotbed. And the, the, the recommendations you just made are actually viable alternatives. But what they did, what Barr did and the Department of Justice did, is you can see the, in the email, uh, the evidentiary base is clear on this. On so November 7th, they received the allegations, and they took them pretty seriously. In two hours, when you go across the entire, the entire government, including the National Security Council, the CIA, U.S. Senators, U.S. Congressmen, these declarations and these and these accusations of massive election fraud went through the entire government within two hours. And November 9th, two days later, U.S. Attorney General Barr, then Attorney General Barr, crafted a statement 
and it's very, very interesting the way they said it. They said there is no widespread evidence of fraud. Mm-hmm. And what they did is by the, the, the key word there being widespread, they do not require widespread election fraud. You need 20 to 32. You need narrow and specific. However, there's 3,143 counties in the U.S. And what we hope and what we believe is that there are good people out there. There are good judges out there. There are good citizens out there. There are good, there are good election workers. There are good public servants out there. And public service is the heart of America. And those people are going to stand up in those 3,143 counties. And your vote will count. Okay, even if we are still having problems in those 20 to 32 key, you know, key counties, the 3,143 counties can overcome that. So by all means, people need to vote in the election and and we will win. I love this can't be cheap. Where can my people go to support Gregory Stenstrom? I know how much time I know how much effort. Where can the people go to support you? Please go to www.patriot.online. There's a tab, right? There's a link right at the top that says election resources. All of our cases are there. Our videos of election officials admitting to massive election fraud are there. And there's a donate button there. I didn't even get... I didn't even get time to talk about this low-life connected scumbag, Sam Bankman-Fried, who money laundered a billion dollars of a Ponzi scheme, and the DOJ drops the charges. I wonder how the slip-and-fall scumbag from Chicago attorney can justify that. I'm getting so sick of pretending these people are anything but traitors. In the meantime, there are patriots like Gregory Stenstrom. You can go to patriot.online, help support him. He's not a mafia member where they have streams of endless government money in a laundering scheme. He is Gregory Stenstrom, co-founder of Patriot.online. Thank you, brother, for coming on. Thanks, John. Always great to be here. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All right. Now, admittedly, the indictment was released while my show was going on. I have not read the entire indictment, but I have it right here. And from what I can read uh, during the commercial break, it's kind of like Ashley Biden's diary, except without the creepy showers with the old man and the prepubescent girl. However, we are lucky enough to have a Chicago area ex-federal prosecutor on the line. And Steve, I'm going to let you talk, but I just have a quick question for you. Sure. You were an ex-federal prosecutor. Roughly the years. You don't have to be too specific, but give me the years. 18, year, 18 years, starting in 1979. Ooh. And I, I, wait a minute, I ran the public corruption program for oh. the U.S. Attorney's Office in Chicago. This is and exciting. I prosecuted lot, and I prosecuted or supervised the prosecution of lots of Democrats, including the Illinois State Treasurer, Jerry Constantino. Oh, okay. very good, very good. All right, so now go, yeah. enlighten me, because I have not read it all, although I will say okay. it does read like a novel. Well, okay, so so you got okay. So, what the indictment is saying is that Trump's hand-selected Attorney General Bill Barr is going to be a witness against him. Mm-hmm. Trump's hand-selected Deputy Attorney General is going to be a witness against him. Trump's hand-selected Head of Cybersecurity in charge of election fraud monitoring is being a witness against him. Mm-hmm. The Republican. State chairmen in three or four of these states are going to be witnesses against him. Okay, I have no doubt. Okay, but Sean, and I appreciate you taking my call. No. Stop right there. Okay, 
Do you think they're perjuring themselves? These are all career Republicans. Exactly. They and I want to ask you something, okay. Steve. And I, want, I mean this. I don't like Bill Barr for any other reason. And it's not just the Bush connection, although that's good enough. He also was a CIA employee from 1971 to 79. But I want to ask you something. And I'm going to read this. And I'm going to take you. And we're, we'll have this discussion. You could call back. I like the fact you even called. And you know how I feel about Democrats. However, I'm going to ask you this. And I'm serious. Because you have a very interesting career. 1979, and you were in charge of political corruption. I'm going to ask you something, and I want you to tell me what you think the answer is. Why didn't you ever indict Mike Madigan? Okay. And I'll tell you, and I'm going to tell you why. You know where I'm from, right? Melrose Park. Everybody, brother, everybody knew what he was. He ran Springfield like an absolute mafia don. Now, we can get into Dick Mel, and we can get into that short-in-the-pants Viagra addict, uh, uh, Ed Burke. But why in the world, from 1979, that's the honey's pot. That's the sweet years of the Madigan Mafia. What the hell were you guys doing? That's seriously. Okay. Well, all right. Two points. One is <laughs> you're deflecting from Trump. I'm not I'll deflecting. I don't like. Listen, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016, brother. You know why? All right. Because well, he was a Democrat and he bribed Mike Madigan. And he bribed okay. Rahm Emanuel. And he bribed all Daley. Right. I, and you knew it, too. Why didn't you do anything, man? Let me, let me explain to you how federal investigations and prosecutions occur, okay? Information falls on the lap of the FBI, the IRS, the Postal Inspection Service, or the U.S. Attorney's Office, okay? Huh? It, sometimes these things, just, they just land, okay, unexpectedly. <laughs> and then what they do is they follow the leads, okay? And where'd you follow the them, brother? Wait a minute. The the likely answer to Madigan, okay, was that no credible evidence landed in front of the FBI Steve, or other law enforcement agencies. You know how ridiculous okay? that finally, sounds? Well, let me and when it finally landed, the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI indicted the guy. Okay? Brother, listen to me. When it finally people. landed, he had a network of corruption that is 90 people deep. The son and the lobbyist. How about the partners? How about the law firm? How much are his law partners worth? How many properties did they steal from old people? How about the tax deals? Where were you guys? You see, this is the problem, Steve. You're probably a wonderful guy, and I mean it. But you're selective. You're selective in your information. And what ends up happening is people in government like you end up protecting the real criminals. Now, you want to go after Trump? You should have went after that son of a gun when he was bribing Rahm Emanuel, when he was bribing Dick Mel, when he hired Ed Burke as his lawyer. But you didn't want to go after him then because he was on your team. You see, this is the problem I have with it. You want to call Trump a crook? Let's call him a crook. But let's call everybody else a crook. And in the meantime, you sat there and you played tiddlywinks. So you could take this article and and you could call it an incrimination. But when I read it, it's a novel. It's a fiction. It's a story, and it's probably real thorough. The only difference is there's not enough names on it. There should be all the names of the Democrats. And you know who else you can put on the name for conspiracy to fraud the United States? Every Democrat rat politician in Chicago, including Joe Biden. See, I like when, boy, they can focus when they want to. Can't they, Squirrel? They beam right in on the problem. But you just look away. When it's a Chicago Democrat, which is why you have zero credibility. Zero. Democrats keep out of my cigar store. I can't wait to go there and smoke a cigar. I give you a 
moron free smoking environment. Cream Puff Jim, you're on the moron team. Might as well go yeah, two yeah, for I was, two. And we think about Medicare and the expansion of Medicaid. You want to talk about how, more fiction, huh? Okay, go ahead. But it, you know, like it, it, the, the asylums that were run for profit, believe it or not, the chance to wait people with disabilities and people that were in school or truant or whatever the case may be, they put them in these asylums yeah. all over the country. Mm-hmm. And when Medicaid came in, it gave them an opportunity to get out and get some oxygen. Yeah. So that's your defense of it. That's your defense well, of arguably well, the third I, I, largest I, I, government I, 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 entity I, 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 frauded. Where were you last time you were in Europe? You ever in an emergency room in Europe? I've been in an emergency room in Europe. And, uh, <laughs> you it, can't you know, eat everything, it, Jim. How the hell you end up in no, an emergency room in Europe? No, did you trip over a cobblestone or did you eat a bad cream? You, I mean, you, I mean uh, where am I at? I'm in Vilnius, uh, Lithuania. My wife's got a year to live. She runs out of pills. We go to a gulag hospital. I get to this attractive French doctor. She said, what's up? I said, my wife's got uh, such cancer. Yeah. She said, well, what do you need? And anyway, I got all the pills filled there in the pharmacy. And I said, any charge? Oh, no, no, dear. We don't charge anybody here. So my brother, my brother goes to Iceland in a wheelchair. And he's drunk in a, in a bar. And he wanted to smoke a cigarette. He went down the hill, right? And, it, <laughs> and anyway, he went down the I hill. And, and, and he, fun. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah, he went down the hill. He ended up in the hospital. He's getting him for 24 hours uh, for observation. Yeah. So they, they, they give him a bill, $5. It was $5. That was the bill. The only thing he had paper was the, was the wheelchair. The well, you, wheelchair. You, you know what? We came to a conclusion. I think I like that system. I don't mind charging the people who are really sick and cancer. I think they shouldn't pay anything but the dummies that get in a wheelchair drunk and run down the hill into a volvo they should pay everything <laughs> thank you very much you see we could solve problems talking to the democrats 312-642-5600 he believes in freedom capitalism and individual liberty and because of that he's become an enemy of the state he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show on am 560 the answer am 560 the answer See, Squirrel, you think that uh, story by the Chicago Democrat, Cream Puff Jim, you think that's about medicine, but you have to understand how the Chicago Democrat thinks. There's no way he paid the check. You understand what a ruse it is? Who are you here with? I'm here with the fat guy in the wheelchair smoking a Marlboro. Well, he's rolling down the hill. Oh, my God, it's my brother. You never paid a check. You see how they think? You got to think like a Chicago Democrat. Tom in Blue Island. Sean Ditto's. Bless you, that was well played. Obviously, you know that ain't the first time that Democrat prosecutors called you. And every time he calls you... He's probably, and I mean it, Tom, he's probably a decent guy. But see, the problem is they convince, and when I say they, I mean people of that, that ability to reason and think. And that, you know, when you're an officer of the court, you know the law, but you have to have to psychologically twist yourself into a position where you can support what you know is wrong. And you can still be a Democrat. There is no way a federal prosecutor with the knowledge of the law does not understand what a government mafia is or who the players are. And when you're talking about the sewer of the once great city and you're talking about Mike Madigan, who everybody who works in a car wash knew what he was. And when you talk about Dick Mel and that idiot scumbag ex-governor Blagojevich, the only reason you know his name is because he married his daughter. And when you talk about Ed Burke. You know what this is. Right. And here's 
Johnny couched it perfectly, and it's exactly what will be all over the media. They'll be saying that traitor Bill Barr and his assistant, they're Republicans. It must be true. Those guys are Republicans. Those guys are traitors. They're government supremacists. That's what this is. This is government supremacy. Bill Barr worked at the CIA from 1971 to 1976. 78, maybe. I got to look at it again. That's it. You're disqualified. By the way, who else worked at the CIA? One of the things we need in our elected leaders for them to tell the truth, even if it's unpopular. Will Hurd worked at the CIA from 1999 all the way to 2008. Boy, those are spicy years for Middle East conflict. See, Trump didn't enrich the uh, corrupt system of foreign policy, warfare, and welfare. He obstructed the CIA and their plans. How much time do I got, Squirrel? Come on, man. There's got to be another segment. Can we get another hour? Donald Trump is not running for president to make America great again. Donald Trump is not running for president to represent the people that voted for him in 2016 and 2020. Donald Trump is running to stay out of prison. And you're running against him to keep the mafia going. And the system that made a two-bit CIA and congressman worth 6 to $14 million. How is Will Hurd worth... How are any of them worth the money? Because they're robbing us. If you're on the line and I didn't get the, I, I, I'm terribly sorry. I wish I could have got the all. I need more. I need another hour. Somebody get a suit on the line. I'll be back in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.